I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Well, hi guys, welcome back. It's Morgan. Today I'm sitting down with Pete. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, and we're so excited to have you with us today and um, get to know you better and get insights from your team and you. So one of the first questions I wanted to start out asking you is if you can tell us about the highs and lows of your season. This was an interesting season. I think uh, we uh, started off 3-0 and in our first tournament and got into our first home match uh, against St. Mary's and had our our starting setter and our second setter both go down with uh, season-ending injuries. And uh, our starter in the first set, and then our uh, our second setter battled us into the fifth set, and I think one or two points in uh, got taken out under the net. And uh, yeah, so so we had a little bit of adversity, <laughs> actually a lot. I think you know most of my career, I I've only carried two setters. We had three this year. Uh, so for the rest of the season, we had to call upon a, uh, an unrecruited walk-on uh, who had been on the team. She's a sophomore, second year on the team, and I think only played four or five sets her freshman year. And uh, her name's Corinne Peterson, and, and Corinne came off the bench in that St. Mary's match, won the fifth set, uh, wow. won her starting debut the next night uh, and finished, I think, the season uh, third in the Big Sky and assists, set uh, more, uh, two or three school records in the season. She just blossomed. And it was, uh, that was just one example of where, you know, somebody would get hurt with some freak injury and somebody would have to play a role. They uh, none of us expected them to play, and they stepped up and did it. And so that was very gratifying. Normally, I wouldn't be excited about a 15 and 16 season, but uh, we more than doubled our our win total, and we did that. Uh, we had we had one practice where we we were down to nine players, and we started the year with 16. And uh, and and, uh, and again, a lot of it was it wasn't overtraining. It wasn't you know people running into each other in the match or coming under the net. It was freak things. We ended up with four surgeries by the end of the season. Um, uh, I even missed a weekend in the hospital. Uh, so uh, oh my health issue. So uh, we accomplished a ton despite, despite some hurdles. <laughs> wow. I'd say, wow. Yeah. You guys, it shows you guys have been pushing through and handling the adversity or, that's been coming your way well. I'm impressed. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was difficult. You know, uh, uh, Alexis Averett it was in her senior year. She had been here four years. She's the school record holder in assists for her career. And, and for her to lose, she ended up being able to come back and DS for us the rest of the year. Okay. You know, uh, she had a shoulder injury that prevented her from doing a whole lot above her head kind of bad situation for a setter. Uh, so, uh, but, yeah. you know, to see her lose her season, to see our freshmen, uh, you know, have to go through a knee injury, uh, 
our freshman who's maybe one of the strongest physical athletes I've ever coached, uh, you know, and see them go down first major injury, that's kind of tough. But again, watching teammates just step up, rise to the occasion night after night, uh, that was very gratifying. No, I know. I can only imagine that what that felt like to see your team keep pushing through adversity. So I'm glad that you guys had such a good, good season despite the adversity. Um, and how did you get to be a coach, Peter? Uh, that's, that's an interesting question. That Probably the roots of it can go back to when I was 10 years old in a small town in Wisconsin. Uh, my family moved to a uh, rural neighborhood where there are about 20 houses and all the other boys in the neighborhood were three or four years younger than me. And I was a sports nut for me to play baseball, football, basketball. I always had to organize it. So, so I, I really can probably trace my coaching teaching career back to, back to that moment. You know, the, sh- the shorter version of it, I was a junior in college. I wasn't playing any sports competitively. And a guy saw me playing club volleyball or playing intramural volleyball. And he said, hey, you need to come out for the club team. So I went and started playing for the men's club team and uh, never looked back. I, I, I went from a, a goal of being a history professor to being a volleyball coach. Wow. I love how life can take us a certain direction. It ends up being like perfect for the life. So I'm glad that you were able to find that path and become a coach. Thank you. Well, what's one of your most memorable travel experiences? Uh, I, I have a couple. I've been doing this 34 years, so you invariably, you know, run into issues whenever you travel with a large group. Uh, I think the first one that comes to mind, late 80s, I was at, uh, then it was called Southwest Texas State University. Now it's Texas State in yeah. San Marcos, Texas. And we had played a Tuesday night game at Texas Arlington. And we had one of those uh, kind of fiberglass buses with the van front end, and I had to drive it. I didn't have a CDL at the time, so I don't know if it was even legal, but <laughs> I'm having the van back from the match. It's two in the morning. We're coming down I-35 in Central Texas, and the uh, dual tires in the left rear come off. And so we just go right down to the, to the axle. I watch as I'm trying to wrestle the bus to the side. Uh, I watch the tire go through the ditch and hit a car on the other side of the front. Oh, fr- my. Yeah, and luckily it, it, nobody was hurt there. I was able to battle the bus to the, to the shoulder. And the first thing the state trooper said to me when he came up to me was, man, last time I saw that happen, it flipped over. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. So that, that made the knees go a little weak at that point. Oh. My second one would be uh, flying into Washington, D.C., probably one of the first days the airspace was reopened after 9-11. Um, the pilot came on the, the intercom with about 30, 30 minutes left in the flight and said, if anybody gets out of their seat or does anything weird, we will be escorted by F-16s to a different airport. And uh, you've, never, you've never seen 150 people sit so still in your life. <laughs> nobody talked, nobody turned their head the rest of the flight. So that was, 
that was surreal and all the security in the airport when we got there it it didn't look like it looked like something from a you know from a much more dangerous part of the world uh yeah. so that was odd uh and then 20 2018 was a weird one uh we were at our pregame meal at four o'clock in the afternoon in Sacramento, we had a seven o'clock match with Sac State. Mm -hmm. We sat down to eat dinner and the restaurant manager came in and said, uh, did you guys park a gray van in the back of the restaurant? And uh, we did, and it got broken into and uh, five of our players had their entire, their uniforms, their shoes, everything because we were going straight to the match uh stolen um uh, uh, our assistant coach laurel lost her laptop one oh uh, you know that we got cleaned out basically uh so so yeah we uh called sac state they delayed the match for an hour for us they happened to be an adidas school like us so they and they were able to get sizes, so we were able to put everybody in shoes that had lost their shoes. Um, and uh, we we were able to, using blood jerseys, our, our spare jerseys that we always travel with, we were able to outfit everybody but two of the players. And those two, uh, the referees allowed us to use duct tape numbers on <laughs> jerseys. So yeah, and then I... Then I had to send an email to the entire conference explaining why players were in different numbers and things for scouting reports and, and such. But yeah, it was a, that was a, a challenge. And the crazy thing is, you know, we still had to fly to Portland to play Portland State. We still had to fly home and we had, we had you know, six people without IDs. And uh, that was interesting as well. Oh my goodness. Wow. You have had travel experiences. That is for sure. <laughs> well, wow. if we spread them out every 10 years, like it, like it seems to have been, you know, I, I can handle that. That means, that means we're good for another 10 now. <laughs> oh, good. good. <laughs> Glad that at SUU you won't be having. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we're done with that. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Well, I guess, um, just on to the next question that I have for you. Um, what's one thing that no one knows about you that you can share with us today? Oh man, I was just thinking about this. <laughs> so, so in the same day, my senior year of high school, I was part, I, I was on a team that won a football state championship in the afternoon. And then I raced home because uh, I was in a performance of Music Man that night, the musical. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and I was band president, so I had that going for me as well. So. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, that is good to know. Wow, you were. Yeah, yeah it, either, it either makes me a renaissance man or, or a geek. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on your perspective. Hey, if you were a geek, I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. If you are an athlete wanting to play for a team or university, what would your advice be to them? Uh, well, I think there's a lot of resources out there with the NCAA rules and volleyball. Most, most athletes are playing club ball. So they're, they're, you know, they're getting recruiting talks and advice and stuff like that. But one that really hits home with me now 
you know, over my career, I've watched club volleyball go from, uh, you know, $400 for the season and you meet at a church gym on Sunday night in practice and the coach is a teacher or a businessman that gives up his time. It's not a for-profit thing. So now it's, now club volleyball, you know, at the highest levels has become a full-time endeavor for the coaches. They're, they're running businesses. It's very expensive for families. So I think uh, one, one thing I see sometimes is athletes that uh, they, they end up pursuing the college experience because that's what they're supposed to do. That's what the, you know, the path of, you know, you, you pay money for club, you travel all over the country for six or seven years with your club team, you do the videos and all that stuff. And then you're supposed to go on and play in college. And, uh, and I think uh, my, my advice would be that, you know, the first step in this whole thing is it's gotta be something you're truly passionate about. Uh, and I think sometimes that gets lost and you end up with athletes going off to college and just not enjoying their experience, partly because there's something else they'd rather be doing. It's, it's no longer their, uh, you know, their why, so to speak. Uh, and, and I think that's very important, uh, because it is hard. You know, I, I, I tell our prospects all the time, this is, this is going to be the hardest thing you do. It's going to be very gratifying, but, you know, you're going to laugh and celebrate with your teammates, but you're also going to cry. You're going to have, you know, ugly cries on the phone with mom and dad at night, you know, because yeah. you had a bad day or a bad week or something didn't go right or you had an injury. And, and it's going to be hard. So you want to make sure that if you're going to put in all the time and effort that it requires uh, to be a good teammate, uh, you want to make sure you're really passionate about it. And uh, I, I think that's where it should all start. It shouldn't start with the scholarship. It shouldn't start with because my parents shelled out tens of thousands of dollars for club over the years. It's my obligation to go, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and I think that's really important in particular too. you, you know, when you're 18 years old, you're a very different person than you were when you started playing at 12 and under or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, there's so much mental and emotional development that occurs. Uh, so that's, that's my advice is make sure you are passionate, you love it. And uh, that, that should be the foundation upon how everything else is built. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's true. College sports, they, they really are like a full-time job and it's, it's a lot of dedication that you're putting into it. So make sure you want to do it. I love that. Well, what is your next adventure, Pete? <laughs> uh, hopefully coaching volleyball in 2020 you know yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're all on un, uncharted ground uh, as a team last year we read a book called uh, boys in the boat and it and it basically chronicles a group of young working class young men who come together at the university of washington in the 1930s during the great depression and they ultimately become the national championship rowing team and go on and win gold medal in the 1936 Olympics. Wow. And, uh, you know, as we were going through that book, it, it, was, it was kind of a heavy read for your average uh, college student. I'm a history, mm -hmm. so I, I oh. was about it. But uh, um, it, 
the the experiences those guys uh, went through during the Great Depression, being abandoned by their families because their families couldn't afford them, uh, working on godly, difficult, challenging jobs in the summer just to, you know, have food to eat. You know, the the star of the book, you know, only owning one sweatshirt, so all the all the more well-off kids making fun of him in the college cafeteria, you know, things that they endured. And, you know, I could see a lot of parallels with what we're going to go through the next couple months here in, yeah. in the world, not just our country. And it's going to be challenging. It's going to take resilience, flex, flexibility, perseverance, uh, you know, adaptability, everything uh, from coaches, from athletes, from from everybody to, you know, as we navigate the next couple months. So I, yeah. I, I think this is an adventure for all of us at this point. Oh, I I agree too, and I think we're we're all going through it together, and I I think it's gonna we're gonna come out stronger from this. I totally I see that happening. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Pete, thank you so much for hopping on and taking this podcast with us. It's been so fun to, you know, get an insight into your team and just hear about the adventures you've had the past few years. So thank you so much for doing this. Uh, Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the 35,000 Feet Podcast, where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? visit www.acanela.com slash podcasts to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.